The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Side Peace Show. The singing rendition of Side Peace Show, the podcast. So, you know what is even better than that singing by me? Let me just tell you real quick. Over the weekend, we had one set of grandparents take one of the maniacs and another set of the grandparents take the other maniac, which equates to, as any parent knows, pure heaven when your children are not there. So the next morning, I wake up. Oh, I feel so rested, so refreshed. I turn to my phone and literally the first thing I see is this text from my mother-in-law. I am going to share it with you because it is too good to just keep to myself. Yeah, so um, right after Logan got up, he was playing with toys downstairs. And he must have thought he had a fart, except no, it was a blowout, not a fart. Don't know if you want those clothes back. I said, um, yeah, I think I'm good. She says, yeah, poor guy. It was pretty bad. Both the shorts and the undies got crushed. (laughs) So good morning. That was my morning text. I mean, what day is complete without a good shart story? And now it's time for side sharters. I mean, stealers of the week. Salt Lake City. Holy crap. Yes, the entire show is a side stealer because it is back September 12th and I cannot freaking wait, baby. This cold, cold, chilly city is going to be so hot. Below Deck Med. Chef Matthew's sex spending. He said he spent $150,000 on sex last year. Um, what? Oh, and then Malia casually swings in there that she swings both ways. And I'm not talking about the boat lines. You guys, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But can we go back to Chef Matthew claiming to have spent $150,000 on sex? That's insane. I do now feel like there's something scarier on that boat other than Devil Lexi and her 18 personalities. And that would be Chef Matthew and his dirty, dirty penis topping the list. New York City. So you guys, I really, really feel I need to show some love and respect for all of the guests at Archie's Black Shabbat dinner. Since Ramona clearly did not show any of them love and respect. I was just sitting there thinking. Obviously these guests joining them at the dinner knew they were filming. But I'm sure they were expecting it to be like a light rainstorm. Not total huge hail balls hitting them in the face. And then a tornado sucking them up and spitting them out across the lawn i.e. Ramona Singer, the Singer Stinger. And that wraps up my side stealers of the week. 
But what else is hot and happening in Bravo world, you ask? You guys, Potomac is so freaking awesome. I just, I love it. I can't even describe how much I love it. If you don't watch Real Housewives of Potomac, you got to check it out. Literally every turn, there's something new. You guys, you gotta watch New York City. Um, I'm not sure which was more awkward and comfortable. Ramona and her mouth at a Black Shabbat dinner or Ramona and her mouth at a Black Shabbat dinner. I'll go with Ramona and her mouth at a Black Shabbat dinner. Oh, and on the plus side, though, it definitely made Leah sitting at the table in a phone way less weird. Beverly Hills. You know what I've decided? After many, many hours of serious thought, I really need to be casted for this show. Someone needs to show these private jet-owning, Gucci see-through dress, couture bracelet-wearing bitches, what vintage Forever 21 rockin' looks like. Okay? Okay. Could you just imagine me in my Forever 21 gear walking in next to Kathy and Kyle and Dorit from her head to toe Louis Vuitton? That would be amazing. Hence my point, I need to be casted on this show. Please reach out. I'm available to start yesterday for free. Shaz, can we just talk about this for a moment? When did face scratching, knife throwing, Gigi become the entire cast voice of reason? I mean, she plans this trip to bring everyone together. And not only that, she does the impossible. She gets Mike to prove he has a dirty attention-seeking dirty duel. Like, he said it. I mean, clearly, all the weed smoking has turned Loch Nessa into Mr. Freaking Miyagi. And that wraps up all the hotness happening in Bravo. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I love you so much. I'll sing. You guys, thank you for your love, your support. Did I tell you how much I love you? For listening, for subscribing. You guys, every time I get more listeners, every time more subscribers, your awesome reviews, it is just the best thing. It makes me even more excited if that's possible, but it does. You guys are amazing. Thank you for sharing it with everyone you know and telling your friends and your mom and everyone to subscribe, listen, rate, and review so we can all celebrate the delicious and entertaining pieces of Side Part together. You can find me at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W. You guys, I love you. Thank you again for everything, for your love, your support, and I will see you next Wednesday. My guest today, this calm nurse brought nothing but crazy awesome fire to Southern Charm. Once She was Thomas Ravenel's much, much better and hotter half. Yes, you guys, it is the one, the only, Ashley Jacobs. All right, you guys, I am so excited for my guest today. I actually wrote a little poem to introduce her. 
As an amazing nurse, she can take your temp, though she can even rip you a new one. But the greatest accomplishment is on the way cooking in the oven. It's her first little bun. Okay, I'll stop running my mouth because the excitement of introducing you to my next guest, I do not want to spoil. As long as she is standing by her man, she will bring the fun and fire to any new soil. Yes, you guys, you know it. She is the hot firecracker from Southern Charm. It's Ashley <gasps> Jacobs. That's the best introduction I've ever had. Actually, that's, probably the only, that's maybe the only introduction I've ever had. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. You are not so, at all. Ashley, so awesome to see you. Bun in the mm -hmm. oven, 37 weeks pregnant, ready to pop. And you yeah. look so freaking hot. It's like ridiculous. Thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate the compliment. I need all, I need everything. This is my first experience, you know, going through this. So I'm doubting myself for sure, but and I'm sweating. Like it's just all this extra weight. Don't be nervous. You are, Thank listen, you. we're going to obviously talk Southern charm and all that. Thank fun, you. But just remember through everything, the most important thing, like I said, in my poem is you, you. and that baby in your belly. Thank you. So nothing thank you. else matters, but and thank you. For, and thank you for recognizing my career with what I do now and, and being a nurse. Cause that is what fulfills me. And that's my identity. And that's what I'm proud of. And that's what I've worked so hard towards. So, you know, totally. being Southern charm was always, as I look at it was like, it was a side gig. It was, I, you know, I, I was horrible at it. Right. I, I was, I was so horrible. I was good, but I always used to say to myself, that's why I'm not quitting my day job. You know, <laughs> I stayed a nurse. Of course, mom, career, like all those things, mm -hmm. that's what makes you. And then that's what puts mm -hmm. you on TV doing what you're doing. Right. You know, nursing has been my life. And then you know, for me, I, I always wondered, okay, she had this huge, awesome career. You're a nurse. Like that's mm -hmm. so incredible. You Thank help you. people all day long. Like that's insane. Thank you. Then you are meeting this guy, Thomas. How does this even happen? You're in California. You meet Thomas. Where did you meet Thomas in California? I met him in Santa Barbara where I live, my hometown. Yeah. I, I met him. It was Cinco de Mayo, which is a big thing in Santa Barbara, you know, everyone's always in Santa Mayo. And so I was with all my friends downtown at a bar and um, in walks this man in a suit, a full suit and definitely stuck out like a sore thumb. And truthfully, I didn't know, I hadn't seen all of the show. I had only seen a few episodes. Okay. And my good friend, Nicole at the time had an obsession. She has just a Bravo obsession. That's all. If you go to her Instagram, everything is talking about every Bravo show, which I like. I like. I love her immediately. Yes, she is. <laughs> and, and she's filming it as she's doing her commentary. And it's only for, it's for her friends only. So it's for her two friends. So she was familiar with the show and she goes, we watched it a few times together. And coincidentally enough, the night that I met Thomas on Cinco de Mayo, she was at a bachelor party, bachelorette party in Vegas. And I had my phone and I remember like taking a picture from far away going, is that the guy that we were watching the show with? He looked so familiar because, well, first of all, he stood out just because of how he was dressed. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, yeah. 55, you know, these are all a bunch of college kids and right. he's the oldest one in there. And then he's, yeah, he's dressed <laughs> to the nine. And so I take a picture from a distance and I'm like, Nikki, is this, is this the guy from the show? And she wasn't responding. And then I remember he was like looking around and I like went like this, like I waved and I was like, I think that's the guy. I'm like, she would get a kick out of me getting a picture with him right. and sending it to her. Okay. So those were my intentions at the time. 
And so he came over the table and he was talking to us. And I was like, I don't want to be that person, but do you mind if I get a picture? But then I also didn't mind being that person because it wasn't like I was asking Tom Cruise, you know, a Brad Pitt right. for a picture. Like, this is a guy that I don't even really know. I'm just curious if this is him and it's for my friend. I, I would be flattering. Right. This Absolutely. Uh-huh. Right. Girl, so, like, yes. right. Yes. Thomas would just hate that. Yes. Right. And so, yes. And so he came over and um, I, I, I think I asked him, like, where are you from? Because I wasn't sure. And he's like, I'm from Charleston, Charleston, you know? <laughs> and I was like, this is the guy. This is the guy. And, you know, after like a few shots of tequila and margaritas, like, I was like, oh my gosh, my friend would get a kick out of this. How can I make her so jealous that we're like hanging out with this guy? And I was like, give me the scoop, you know, I'm going to tell my friend. And I said, oh, when can I get a picture? And he refused taking a picture in the very beginning. And towards the end of the night, because he was with me for a while, he goes, I'll take the picture now. He goes, but he goes, I didn't want to take a picture early on. He goes, because typically when people ask to take a picture with me, they get their picture and they leave. And he goes, I didn't want to, I didn't want you to take your picture and leave. I wanted to keep talking to you. Move yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I got my picture and I sent it to her and she's like, she was so upset that she was missing, you know, and I said, do you want to FaceTime? And she FaceTimed and she was so drunk in Vegas that she like was in the stalled bathroom and she like, took her top off and she went, woo! <laughs> was like, okay, I like this girl and I like your friends. You know, that was so his alley. Initially, when we, we made conversation, we made conversation because the first, actually, first thing that he said is, you know, what do you do? That was what he was oh, interested in. Nice. I was like, oh, I'm a registered nurse. And Johnny goes, oh, my sister Susie's a nurse. And he goes, and, and that's how we initially had, had bonded over that. He was a, he's a good conversationalist. Yeah, he's listen. He knows how to put the charm yes, on. No, yes, yes, no pun intended. Yes. Um, okay, so I also always, always wondered when he walks in. Okay, you had seen him, so that was answered. But were you like, oh my god, this guy is hot, or were you just like, it's Southern uh, Charm Thomas? No, because I didn't really know him too well. I didn't know the first season or the second season. But don't get me wrong. As soon as I met him, I went back and I like I wanted to binge right. watch them. I watched the first season. I don't think I've ever actually truly watched the full second season or the third season. But I watched the fourth season because that's when I had met Landon the next day was with him. And I wanted to see her too. But I didn't know. I didn't actually really know anything about him. I did like the way he dressed though. I come from a little town in Santa Barbara where everyone wears board shorts and flip flops, right. you know, surfer, skater type people. And here's this man that's coming that's, that's well-dressed. You know, he speaks well. He's interesting. He's quirky. Thomas has a very quirky personality. He has a great sense of humor. He likes to make jokes. He can take a joke. You can make fun of him. You could push his buttons and you, he gives a good reaction. So I, I found him entertaining. I found him stimulating. I found him challenging in some ways. I studied history in school. I, but Thomas is a history buff. We actually just bonded on, on some of those things. And I thought, oh, it's so nice to meet a man that's like, you know, interesting. And he was like, let me pick up the tab. Do you want something else? Would you like to go somewhere else? And he was just being, you know, a gentleman. He was different from my day to day. Let's right. just say that. Of course. Had you ever in your world, like right now, I'm like, give me a hundred TV yeah. shows right now. Like I yeah. want this right now. But like for you, did you ever think I want to do TV, let alone reality TV? Not, not like, not TV is like an, as an actor, because I, I used to like in school would have to do plays and I could never remember one line. I was like, how do people remember like these monologues? Like I, I have, and I have stage fright. I have major stage fright. I get really anxious. Like even going to nursing school, they made me um, do a public speaking class because I had a hard time 
approaching like big groups with doctors and doing presentations. And I had a hard time with that. So I had to take a public speaking class. So I said, I would never do, you know, that kind of thing. I'm even nervous now. You can probably tell in my voice, I, I get a little anxious. And, um, which, by the way, can I just say something, which is so like, I would never, and by the way, anyone that has seen you on Southern Charm would be like, no way. You know, when you're on film, you are like, there is no confusion. There's no mincing of the words. Like you are like, bam, 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 like on it. Thank you. It's it's called adrenaline. It's adrenaline. (laughs) It's strictly adrenaline. It really is. You know, even in the hospital at work or someone's dying, you're in a code situation of, it's just something takes over. It's just like an outer body experience in a way. And that's really what it was. Every confrontation with Catherine was, it was just pure adrenaline almost to where, you know, when they show you back six months later, what you did, it's like, Oh, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember saying that. Yes. Yes. So did I ever think about being on reality TV? The fun things that I would get all the time was you seem like someone who would be a show, a, a performer. And I was like, oh, that makes, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm December 1st. And they always say like Sagittarius like to be on the stage, right? Yeah. And I do, I, I wouldn't say on the stage, but I, I do well with like little groups of friends where I like to entertain. I like to get a reaction. I like to be the comedy. I like to bring the energy. And right. so I always thought, well, I can't sing, you know, I can't dance. I can't act. <laughs> I'm good at nursing, which is why I went into that. But with reality TV, I thought, oh, that would be so much more interesting because it's your own life. What I thought, at least, right? You know, right. I didn't realize how facilitated and how orchestrated things really were. You meet but- Thomas, and you're like, "Dude, I'm in Santa Barbara. You're this Charleston dude mm-hmm. in a bar on Cinco de Mayo with a suit. You guys talk all night, and then you leave it like how? Yeah. So he, I remember he's like, "I'll call you an Uber, you know, or, or I'm going to take an Uber and I'll drop you off." And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no." Not, not that I thought he was going to like push, be pushy or aggressive anyway, but I was like, I don't want you knowing where I live. You know, right. I don't want you putting my address in your phone for the Uber. And, um, he was very respectful about that. But then he, you know, he's like, can I take your number tomorrow? I'm playing in a polo match in Santa Barbara. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun, you know, to see. Cause he, oh, he invited me and he goes, Landon is going to be driving up to see me play too. And I thought, oh, I'd love to meet Landon. Because you never met her, but you saw her from the show. Just from a few episodes. And I thought, oh, this is even more interesting. I can't wait to tell my friend Nikki. Now I'm (laughs) I'm in a polo game with Landon and Thomas. Nikki's drooling. Drooling, drooling, drooling. Yes. And so then the next day he picks me. um, He does. I I gave him my address. I I felt a little favorite picks me up in his rental car. Took me to breakfast. So we went to the pole game and Landon came up with a few girlfriends and two of her girlfriends. We had just mutual friends living in Santa Barbara. So, and Landon was just more beautiful in person. Let's just say that, you know, she, she is more beautiful in person and all she is, is smile. You know, she smiles and and she's just so warm. And, you know, it was funny because they were talking about episodes like her and Thomas. They didn't see a lot of each other. That's the thing. It's just because Thomas was in California and Landon was living in California from the show, it made, made it look like there was a relationship or there was none of that. It's just Thomas had reached out to her. And then when she met up with us 
it was like they're talking like they hadn't seen each other in a long time. Right. And then they were talking about previous, you know, episodes that were currently airing. And it was kind of fun to hear what they're talking about. And I was like, kind of the behind the scenes. And, you know, I thought, wow, how, how many people can actually say that they they're on a show that they're on national television where people are talking about them or interested in them. So I thought it was, you know, I thought their banter back and forth was pretty great. And then she was so sweet. She gave me her phone number and she's like, if ever you're in Malibu, come hang out. And I was like, what a sweet, sweet girl. So then all of a sudden you guys pick up and you start what you start dating. He has to go back to Charleston. Yes. So he stays out, he stays out in Santa Barbara for a few weeks for uh, playing polo. And then, yeah, he had to go back to Charleston. He goes, have you ever been to Charleston? I was like, no, I haven't. And I'm, and I'm thinking I love to travel and I love venture. I'm a nurse. I work three days a week. You know, I've got 12 hour shifts. I can get more time off. And I thought, oh, that would actually be really fun. And who better to do it with than the guy who is, you know, Mr. Charleston, like the King of Charleston, right? Totally. You're going to do it. You're going to go big. Go big. has a freaking bridge, you know, with his name <laughs> yeah. named after him. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to get this opportunity. I'm like, I want the VIP service. I'm sorry. I want the VIP service. Right. Go. So, yes. And so it was in that time that like, um, before I, I flew out there a couple of weeks later, I watched some of the the beginning. And so that was more interesting because then it talks about like his house and so the house that I was going to then go to, I kind of had a little history kind of feels like you're cheating a little, but then it makes it more interesting when you get there. You're like, I've seen this before. I've seen it. Yeah. That was his kids were there too. That was the first time I had seen the kids. He had, he had them full time. And that was interesting because the first, the first time I had gotten out, I had gotten there. He's like, let's go for a walk. I want to show you Charleston in the area that he was in downtown. It was just close to everything. So he put the kids in the double stroller and I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, like, I, I mean, I didn't mind. They, they weren't going to remember. They were so young. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. We're jumping right into this, you know? Right. But that's, and you knew that's he was a dad. Yeah. Yes. And, right. and he's full time, you know, he was full time, but he had, he had um, a nanny that lived there. And actually the nanny is still my friend to this day. So she's the one that pretty much like raised them. Yeah. And she's still nannying for them right now. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Pizza. Yeah. So she, but she was skeptical too, you know, in the beginning, she's like, Oh God, here's a girl from California. What are her intentions? And right. You guys um, get there. You're in Charleston. Had you started filming yet? No, no. So the time frame is pretty, it's pretty condensed though with when I met him. And then when I finally moved out there, so I, I flew out there just a few weeks after Cinco de Mayo. So there's the end of May. Yeah. He's like, can you stay a little longer? I'm like, I, wish, but I, I have that, you know, J-O-B. I got to get back to Thomas. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not the boss. I'm not the employer. I'm the employee. So I've got right. a schedule I got to go back to. And he's like, would you ever consider like living out here or working out here? And I thought, well, that's the beauty of, you know, having being a nurse is I can work anywhere I want. So actually, unless I'm just realizing at this time, 2016, 2017, I had actually just taken another job where I got offered in a labor and delivery job in Las Vegas. And I have family in Vegas and it's a lot cheaper to live in Vegas. There's right. no state ta- tax in Vegas. You could buy so a home cheap. in Vegas. Right. So I was, yeah. So I, I was actually looking um, at that time before I met Thomas. So I was interested in a change and he knew that. So I was, I, I had, I had to give this job. I had to tell, let them know if I was doing it or not within a few weeks. And so with Thomas then putting that out there, I'm like, do I sign a two-year contract or do I give this a shot? And I was really thinking about it. I'm impulsive too. Right. And I thought if you're going to do it, you can't think about it. You just got to do it. 
go. And I thought, you know what? I wanted to tra- do traveling nursing. I wouldn't mind working in another place. If it doesn't work, then I come back and I get my job. I'm really lucky. I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. Right. I don't, I, there's, I don't have animals. There's no You're ball free. and chain. Yes. Right. So, right. and I thought, do something, do something spontaneous, you know, do something that shakes it up a bit. Yeah. It, it really was pretty quick. I would say within a few months that I moved out there, I moved out there in August. So like move, like I'm here. Yeah. Okay. So you get there at this point point, you're like, I'll pick up my life. I'll move here to Charleston with you. Were you like, I am so in love with you or was it like just the thrill? It's Thomas. It's this lifestyle. It's, you know, he has a freaking bridge named after his family. Or were you like, I'm so in love with you. I want to be with you. Yes, I'll do this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say in love, but I felt, you know, there was a lot of things that really like that bonded us because I had gone out there a few more times. And every time I had to leave, I was, I was sort of sad. Thomas and I, like, we have a love for like certain music, like oldies music. And we had some songs that we really liked that were like our songs. And I remember like thinking when I was like packing things, like, am I doing the right thing? And I remember playing the song. It's Jim Croce. That's the name. And it's called, I'll have to say, I love you in a song. And that was our song. And I would play this over and I'm like, I just remember just kind of being swept off my feet a bit. Right. I liked the excitement. You're right. I liked the change. And I liked that I was going to do it with someone who was going to really introduce me to this town. I thought, well, if worse comes to worse, it doesn't work out. Then I've got a job. I, I'm a nurse. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. With Thomas, I wouldn't say it was in love, but it was, it was definitely exciting. The thrill. Yes. The thrill. Yeah. Now he didn't know if the show was, was going back on or not. They didn't find out till end of September. I was out there in August. And that's oh, so even you're already when, there, like established, already you're already there. living there. You've moved your life. Then Correct. he gets the contract. Okay. We're going to start Correct. filming. Do you start meeting people before filming? So when I went to visit him in Charleston, one of the times they were filming a show at JD's bar and it was the show with re- relationship. Oh my God. With, with chef. Dating. Yeah. Mr. Girl. Bachelor. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was at JD's restaurant. And, you know, they invited the whole like cast. And so Thomas, like, would you want to come? And so, yes, I did meet, I did meet some of the crew then. Yeah. But I mean, just, you know, chatting, but there's cameras everywhere. It wasn't, you know, when there's cameras, it doesn't feel as sincere. And right. But I did. I, that's when I had met um, Elizabeth, JD's wife. And, and she was great. She was fun. She was, we actually, we did a few double dates with Thomas, her and JD. And like, we just had the best time. We had the best time. But then on the flip side, you're like, okay, he's a dad. So, he has two kids. Yeah. Here's baby mama, Catherine. How did that mm-hmm. all go down? How did you meet her? How was that? Like, I'm so interested in all of that. There's a lot of outside things that were going on that I, I, I couldn't, that went into lawsuits and went into legal issues that had to deal with Patricia and someone that was working for her. And it was pretty complicated because it was someone that Thomas was kind of casually dating when he had met me around the same time. And this was one of Patricia's friends that she was trying to set up with her. Anyway, when I started dating Thomas, I started getting a lot of like backlash and hate on my social media. And I'm, I mean, I only have like maybe a thousand followers, you know, I'm like, how do people know of me already? And if I put something with Thomas, yes, I was getting more attention, but I would get some major trolls like nasty things on a daily basis and I thought oh my god I don't I've only known this guy for a week you know I'm like this is crazy it was wild and it got to a point where one time just a few weeks even before I moved out to Charleston Catherine had texted Thomas like this girl that you're dating is saying that she wants to be 
she wants to adopt the kids or something, something so outrageous, right? The woman and, that she was dating in child, Patricia's friend. I, I know that she was behind a lot of things that were behind the scenes of getting in touch with people and, and trying to, this is where the downfall went with Patricia was because of this woman, her off camera. This was, everything was off camera, with, went down with Patricia because of this girl. Anyway, this girl um, who wanted to date Thomas and Thomas ended up choosing me. That's what she felt like. I would get these crazy emails from her. Thomas would get these crazy emails. This girl who I believe is now in touch with Catherine and saying things to Catherine. And before I even moved to Charleston, interesting little fact, Catherine had blocked me on Instagram. So she knew who I was long before I even moved out there. So someone was obviously feeding her information. Correct. It was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. But there was someone who was just, I'm not going to say her name, but this was, this was the major issue with Patricia and Patricia knew and Patricia would always deny knowing this woman. This is the whole reason with Thomas, when he got with the rate and all that stuff, it, it all went down with the same girl that was causing all this. It's, it's so complicated. I, I could write a book. It's Clearly. Um, I, just have, I have just binders and binders and binders of evidence and lawyers and the things that we went through. There was so much that went on behind the scenes, which is really why Thomas, you know, Thomas finally got off the show and the show went downhill after that. And that's why Thomas stopped talking to Patricia. Like you just ruined your son's show because of this woman that you're involved with. Long story. It's a long you, story. You have to deal with this, this woman that he was dating. Mm-hmm. And this yes. is before you even start with Catherine. Yes. Yes. So then you yes. meet Catherine after you're yes. going through this whole shit show with this woman that you don't even know that would just Correct. was mad that he chose you. Yes. It's like the scorned woman. Yeah. Um, she wanted to be on the show. Apparently she wanted to be on the show. Patricia was always trying to set people up, her friends um, with people on the show. And Patricia had even said something to Thomas, like before I even moved out there, like, be careful who you're dating, like this, you know, California, like tramp, you know, like, be careful, Thomas, you don't know, you know, here, I've got this Harvard girl for you who's worth money, she's educated, like, I think that Patricia was trying to stir the pot, you know, I think Patricia wanted any woman she could find for Thomas before the show started, so that it could piss Catherine off, really, right, right, that that was really what was going on. And I don't think she wanted me, but then I think when she met me, you know, we, we actually got along great. I think she was just happy. Any woman was coming in just to kind of piss Catherine off. Really. I was going to say, cause we see you guys freaking and, you know, shopping mm-hmm. and talking about rings and marriage and Patricia's yeah. like, I love it. And that looks yeah. so great on you, that dress. So yeah. you guys were actually cool. Yeah. Everything went on, you know, off camera. So with Patricia off camera. Yeah. So then how is it meeting Catherine then? You're in Thomas's life. You're the new girl. That's my biggest regret. I think my biggest regret ever coming in contact with her was ever being introduced to her. And if I was introduced to her, it was so poorly done. The first meeting I ever had to meet with her, like who, first of all, who does that? Who goes to lunch? I get, I'd get a text message from her one day. Like, can you go to lunch tomorrow? And I'm like scrambling, you know, like I don't never been on a show, you know? And then I thought, like Thomas should have defended me. Thomas should have said, no, no, that's not how you do it. Out of respect for Catherine, I'm going to sit with Catherine. I'm going to talk to her about this new person that's in my life. Not let Catherine push me around and say, this is who I love that, or this is who I'm, I'm dating. Please respect that. If you don't, then it is what it is. He never did any of that. He never set any boundaries. And right. I think it was unfair for her. And I think it was unfair for me because then there's this girl that's coming in and she's hearing things, but Thomas never really sat down to like talk to her. 
Right. And and then but then but then you mix in the show and you're like, okay, well, if the show wasn't there, maybe we would have done it more organically. And so I met her briefly at a at one of the parties at Shep's house. When they started filming. It was the first time filmed. And the interesting thing is, is you know, it's just funny how production works, you know. I remember I got there early, nobody's there. And so I'm getting anxious, you know, because I'm like, I'm really nervous. It's the first time I'm filming. But when I remember I was like upstairs in Shep's house. And apparently Catherine was finally getting her car to drop them off. And then there's producers are shuffling you downstairs. And I'm like, come on downstairs, downstairs, because I need to see my first reaction, you know, with her. And then the same thing at the end. And it was nice. It was friendly. It was cordial. I mean, yeah, right. We're both human. We're both human beings. We both nice to meet you. But you guys but still we, had like a decent interaction for the first time. There was not like claws coming out. Like, yes. You know, so then, yeah. So then go from that so then, to so the, then a few days. So then a few days later, she texts me and she goes, do you want to like grab lunch? And the way, you know, it was a two and a half hour lunch that was only like three minutes long on television. And I would say half the things that I was like, Louis should do a double date. We should, you know, Catherine, I support you. I come from a divorced family myself. I know what right. I can be from a broken family. All those things, Melissa, none of it. The only thing that makes it is like, when did you meet my kids? Cause that obviously came up in conversation. I was honest. I was like, I met him around the same time that it was like mother's day weekend, you know, after the Cinco de Mayo. I right, right, out right, there. Right, right. Yeah. And, and then they take out the weekend and they're like, I met them on mother's day on the TV. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have said that, but I, but it was out of context in the right. big picture. Right. And so I was like, God, I, this is, I'm not off to a good start, but I didn't know that till, you know, later watching down. Of course. Honestly, Melissa, like I, I left that conversation feeling like this is amazing. Like I'm hearing all these bad things, you know, said about her social media from the nanny, from Thomas, from, from anyone that knows her really. And I was like, I had a really good initial, good time with her. Two and a half hours. Like I thought this could be so great. Like, you know, with Catherine, I think, see, after that initial conversation, she didn't respond. I texted her. I said, do you want to come for Halloween? Do you want to come? You know, I was like, she's going to respond. You know, she doesn't respond. I remember thinking like, I don't think I could date someone like this because I don't think, because when you marry someone or you date someone, you also date, you're also now they become part of your right. life. And I remember that thinking- That had been huge with you and Thomas then, like I, a huge yes. issue. And Thomas, and, and the things everyone thinks Thomas was so mean to her. Thomas, Thomas was a wimp when it came to her. He was afraid of her. He didn't want to piss her off. And he didn't want to say anything that, because if he pissed her off, then maybe she wouldn't pick up the kids. And everyone thinks Thomas is trying to keep the kids away. No, you don't understand. Thomas was like, I want to give those kids back. Right, like, right. Me too. You want a break. You don't want them, especially a 55-year-old man. And I remember thinking, Thomas, say something. Speak up. Stop being a doormat. And that's when we start seeing, this. yeah, because yes. you're, you're getting frustrated. All this is happening that we're not seeing on camera. Obviously, Correct. we see none of this. Correct. So yes. that's when you're like, you're not standing yes. up for yourself. You're not yes. standing up. I'm going to do it. Yes. At this time was, were you and Patricia still cool through all this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we stopped filming. So just the period, like I moved to Charleston in August. We started filming end of September. The filming ended um, like right before Christmas. Patricia and I, our fallout was like maybe February. Of, and then the show started airing in April. So, and when I told Patricia everything that went down, she's like, yes, yes, this is so good. 
this is going to be the best season ever. I'm so glad you said that to Catherine. And then like months later, she's like best friends with Catherine, you know, for show, of course. It's, it's my favorite thing. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I, and I called Patricia out on, on some of the, you know, the, the phoniness, the fraud that she is. And she didn't like that. And so she, she got like this with Catherine and, and I'm, I'm still wondering how's their relationship today? I don't see anything about that. <laughs> and then you guys never made up you and Patricia. No, I just, I couldn't honestly, Melissa, like, I just didn't have, when I first met her, I like had so much respect. I was nervous to be around her. Like she was like everything I wanted to be, you know, like she is just the pit of me. And then when I saw things that were kind of coming out slowly and I started looking at her in a different light. And then I realized, like, I started seeing things that you're blinded. You only see things that you want to see. And then you realize like this person doesn't hang, have any friends. Like she only hangs out with people from the show. She hangs out with her hairdresser, Madison, right? Thanksgiving. I see her one night after we all have Thanksgiving, we go downtown to halls. We go to a restaurant and she's sitting there having dinner with her hairdresser. And I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, that's nice. And then I started realizing that, you know, I was talking to people, you know, locally and they're like, no, nobody associates with her. The locals in town, right. you know, on, on the show, she looks so cool. She's so great, but no, we don't, we don't want any part, you know, of that. And then I realized like, she's just a really lonely old lady. Who do you so, think is more difficult? Like, who would you talk to first? If you had to have a relationship mm-hmm. or talk to a conversation, a lunch with Catherine or Patricia, who would you sit down with? Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. Do you think that you could have really had a future with Thomas? Did you really um, want that? Did you see like marriage, kids, like this is my man for life? Yes. In the beginning I did. It, 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 it couldn't have been on the show. And uh, honestly, it couldn't have been with a... It couldn't have been with a mother. You inherit, you know, the the Your baby life. mama. And yes, right. you do. You know, the show really brought out the worst, the 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 you know, the depression, the anxiety, the the anger, the sadness, the all the emotions. It was it, that was the biggest mistake um, going into into that. So no, I don't I don't see it having worked out. What um, finally made you be like, we're done. I can't. I need to move. I need to get out of here. We're broken up. Well, because of everything with Catherine and, and the custody, there were private investigators and she had them too. And they were putting cameras, they were putting cameras, they were putting trackers on my car. We kept, I kept getting trackers. They put them under the, the front of the car and Thomas and I found them. We're like, this is just crazy. What, you know, I'm 34 years old. Like I've got my whole life ahead of me. What right. am I doing? Like, why am I involved in your problems and your mess? And Catherine's mess? And, and you know what, Thomas, you did this to yourself. Like you impregnated her. You know, you chose that. You you have free will, and that's what you chose. You did that. So what Do you I wanted speak to him at all anymore? Yeah, he'll send me. He'll send me like text messages. Sometimes he sees something funny, or he saw re- read something in the newspaper, or something on social media. So Mike and, is fine if Tom, you and Thomas talk and like are friends and cordial and stuff. Oh my god! Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. He, oh, because whenever he goes, I, I put him on speaker, and Mike just gets a kick out of him. But Thomas was, he's very generous. He goes, if you ever come out to Charleston, you know, you bring Mike, you can stay in one of my houses. Like, yeah. That's nice. Is it sad seeing everything that's going on with Thomas though right now? Yes, that was unfortunate. I would say that part of the stress and, and, and me be, I was already in a really bad position because of who I was dating. So even, even if I said those things to Catherine, but I was dating a guy that people respected or I was, I, I set myself up for, for failure with that one. And then when they start talking about him being rapist and yada, yada, that's when I started losing so much weight. That's when I started becoming depressed. That's when, 
that was off camera. And and what was going on camera was one thing. And then what was going off camera was a whole other right. thing. And I just remember thinking like, and I didn't have my, you know, my family or the support and everyone was just disappointed. And I was disappointed in the choices that I made, the things that I said. And, and I said to Thomas, like, you're none of these things, but the way that you behave on camera, the things that you say makes you look like this guy, you know, like everyone goes, oh, you're the drug addict. You know, you got to, I'm like, Thomas was not a drug addict at all. I like to drink, but he was not a drug addict. You don't think that he would, he'd ever did that or ever would. No. Do yeah. Right. No, I mean, all the, like all, look at all you go through, but like, would you ever knowing all that you went through all the madness, would you do it again? Or are you happy you did it? Or are you, do you wish like, oh my God, I wish I just, that that's worked. a really, that's such a really good question. I, I love that question because you know, it wasn't until I came back to California and, and it, it really took like a good six months, maybe even a year for me to have the mental clarity. Thank God for mental clarity to really to regret the things that I said, to be frustrated with how I was sort of taken advantage of. I was manipulated. I was so naive, but I really, that mental clarity, like it really humbled me and made me grateful and made me leveled and balanced. And in a way it was the best thing because then I met my husband not long after. And I think that because I was in such a good headspace, because I had been so, you know, the humility, yes, being humbled, the things that people wish me every day to die, you know, that you're the worst person ever, that you're a psycho, you're this. And I'm thinking, Melissa, like, as I'm reading sometimes these messages, like I'm looking at my phone that's getting pinged, I'm wiping somebody's butt. I'm beating somebody. Oh. I'm I'm helping somebody. And I'm going, if only you saw, like right. you're only seeing this on TV, but if only you saw what I'm doing right now, like the good work that I do. I think that that was probably the most frustrating thing. And I thought, well, actually you only gave them that side to see. But then I also go, but then they only picked that side to see. And I said, but you know, when you sign up, you sign your rights away. That, right. that was on me. And I own that. I, I own it. I take accountability for that. I went into it thinking, how can I be as flamboyant, as funny, as, as crazy and say things to get a reaction. And I'm still not going to stop that because that's who I am. And I still, you hear how I am. I'm right. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. It. Yeah. What's the thing? They only, you only, you know, I see you, right? Like, look at you. This is the most important thing right now. Like you have a baby mm-hmm. that's due, hopefully not for another three weeks. Yeah. So you get rest, uh, you know, and that's the most important. And that's why I'm just so excited for everyone to hear like you. Yeah, Have you even talked to anybody, surface. by the way? Because I, I know you guys like try to mend, right? No, I talked to Landon, but we were never on the show together. But right. I talked to Eliza, who's only on the season, like one, you know, she's only on one season and she's younger. Oh, the blonde. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just had a baby. So, you know, obviously it's nice that, you know, we have right. a lot in common and she's been giving me advice and tips and things like that. But but now no one else Cameron. No, you don't nothing. No, Mandy was probably, I would say of anyone on the show, she was the coldest, you know, she was the one that there was no warmth ever exuded from her ever. She was cold. She was cold. And I tried with that one. And Cameron, on the other hand, you know, she's Cameron, everyone loved Cameron because she didn't have to, she only got to show the good side of her, the happy parts where this Catherine and Thomas carried the show. They were the drama. And then you put the, the little fillers like Cameron yeah. with all the good stuff. And then when Catherine called her out or, or wanted to bring some drama, Cameron's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to be the bad guy. But unfortunately, like 
you know, she didn't want to take one for the team. And Catherine was always the one taking one for the team. And I think it's funny that Catherine turned on her. When I saw that, I was like, well, obviously, Catherine has no loyalty to anybody. She has no friends. Look at her. She's no friends. She has no loyalty. And Cameron was always right about everything she said about Catherine. But then when Cameron jumped on the Catherine bandwagon because of Patricia and everyone else, because it was a popular thing to do, I was like, you're such a phony, Cameron. And then as soon as Catherine had her chance to turn on her and talk about, you know, possible her husband cheating, I laughed and I was like, ha, that's what you get. That's what you get, Cameron. <laughs> okay, listen, you go, okay. go rest, Thank you. please. Thank I you. will text you my number and we'll like all Thank get together. You. But real quick, everyone listening who now yeah. sees the real you, where can they find yeah. you on social media? Oh, my handle, it's Ashley H. Jacobs. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On Instagram. I, I don't do Twitter. Um, I don't really even check Facebook. I'm honestly, I've been really bad about Instagram too and posting things just because I'm working so much, yeah, you're but busy. I'm telling you as soon as, yes, I'm telling you as soon as I get to take my maternity leave, I'm, I'm hoping to do some more mommy kind of things because people have been so wonderful in sending me things. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, I got to start like tagging them. Like, thanks for the maternity clothes. Thanks for this, for the nursery. Thank you for these bottles. Thank you for this wrap. So I, I'll be on there a little bit more. I hope, I hope. I love it. Um, listen, Thank I'm going to so text much. you off. I'm going to go. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.